Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah. That's me. Nothing extra. Just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah. Yeah. I've been down so long it look like up to me. They look up to me. I got fake people showing fake love to me. Straight up to my face. Straight up to my face. I've been down so long. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by... Jeremy J.N. Phoenix in the building. He's in the building. I'm in the building. We in the building with the Raspy Voice Kids. And this is Pop Culture. Pop, 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 pop. Today's pop culture is brought to you by Sarah Willis, a.k.a. Miss Sarah Ashley, on Twitter, because she posed a question that hit me in my soul just a little bit, Jay. I was about to say, we got a new sponsor? But, okay, no, 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 okay, so the the, the Twitter, the Twitter, the, the, the topic is brought by Sarah Dub, got you. She said, are y'all homies with your coworkers, or do you keep it strictly business? And I had to think about it, Jeremy. How do you feel? Strictly business. Ah, uh, what? You know what? Here's the thing. When you know, first of all, we're talking to people. Yeah, we make friends. Um, Extroverts. Talk, absolutely. So if you're, you know, around us at any time, you're going to be drawn in to a conversation, um, and, and it's you know a relationship to some sort if you're around a person enough. But the truth is, I don't keep it strictly business. I'm not I'm not just, you know, hey, what do you need? This goes there. Let's keep it moving. That's not me. Um, that's not you either. But I also, on the flip side, is we can joke around. We can play around. We can, you know, do this and that. But I don't also, I don't consider you friends either. There's a line, you know? Even, yeah. you know what? People even use the terminology work friends. That's what work. I was about to say. I do consider people I work with friends, but I consider them work friends. I, but it depends on uh, it depends on uh, the status of, of the relationship. Like if you're close enough, like when I worked at ADT. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not everybody's a work friend. Hey, look, I'm going to give a shout out, Jay Money. 
Jordan Wentz in the building, son. Um, I consider her a friend, a work friend. Um, actually, I consider her a friend, period, because in my opinion, if it spills outside the office, you know what I mean? If you've kicked it with them outside the office, I think it changes things just a little bit. But the truth is, you know, friends are friends, workmates are workmates. And uh, if I'm not, if I'm if I'm in the building, we can enjoy each other's company or enjoy conversations. But that doesn't mean I'm going to be super close to you. That doesn't mean that I'm going to trust you. That's the number one. That's the number one thing people don't get, Brandon. Everybody wants to think, hey, we boys. Hey, look, look, we just laughed at a good time. I say what's up to you. Say, nah, when you're in the workplace, it's a whole different arena. So you can be friends. You can be cordial. But that doesn't mean trust everybody that you work with. Yeah, I think it's interesting because my friends are people that I share my life and experiences with. And at work, it's people I kick it with while I'm at work. Now, there's all these studies that have been done. I did all, I did some research. I looked up some articles. And all these studies basically <laughs> say that you, somebody have, did. you have a better, more enjoyable experience when you have friends at work. Not only are you more enjoyable, but you also have a more productive experience when you're at work. So your managers, your supervisors should be encouraging an atmosphere where people are friends, where they're doing things that seem like they're a waste of time or just downtime, but actually they're building relationships because then you feel more invested and connected to your company. So it's important that you actually are friends with the people you work with, at the very least that you like the people you work with. It's what happens outside of work that becomes the question. Real quick, I think there's a difference between liking the people you work with and being friends with them. You know what I mean? Like, we can be cordial. We can kick it. We can share stories. That doesn't mean we're, like, friends' friends. Like, if I saw you out in the market, I'd be like, hey, what up? But I, I think there's a difference. I guess there's a trust. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. The trust thing is the big biggest thing. And I hate to see it seem like, you know, negative Nancy, but don't trust nobody. And if I can't trust you, then I don't consider you a real friend. So that's where the terminology work friend comes into place. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. I don't have – I personally don't currently have any people I work with that I consider my friends outside of work. Like there's one or two people that I will send a meme to that if I find something real funny that I think that they would like or they would connect to that I'll send it to them outside of work. But when no, I'm I- at work – we share memes and stuff all day. No, I agree 100%. There's dudes I kick it with. Mad cool dudes. Dudes that I, you know, I like. Um, and because most of the, the, the people in you know, where I work are guys. You know, they're cool. You know, we'll laugh. We'll joke. I'll send memes sometimes. But outside of work, there's no real communication. I mean, sometimes we'll send memes, but I don't consider that like a... I, I still It still falls in the realm of work friends where... I trust you. I mean, I mean, I like you. Um, you know, so are I you enjoy. Against, are you against work friendships? No, no, not not at all. I'm not against work friendships. So how does a person become friends with JN Fiend? <laughs> well, it depends on who you is. First and foremost, <laughs> let's get that straight. Big Papa Smooth over here. No, um, uh, so for work. It doesn't matter who you are, really. As long as you work hard, um, you know, I don't care if you work hard. Just don't set me back. As long as you don't impede my advancement, as long as you don't impede what I'm trying to do. As long as you're, you're not cool a hater. Enough, 
and you're cool enough, hey, we could be cool. You know what I mean? Um, at work, if if I know you like a certain subject, hey, boom, I'll hit you with something on Facebook Messenger that's funny. To be my friend, I have to know that you're a good person. No, there's, there's more than just that. I have to know you're a good person. That's the first thing. The other thing is I have to know that you're trustworthy. That's the second thing. The the third thing is I also have to know that I don't know what what I'm saying is you're cool. And what I mean by cool is I don't mean like the cool kid in school. I mean that you don't get too high and too low. You don't take things too serious and you're not one of those in the next moment. You're going to be talking behind my back or be offended, you know, over something I said. You know what I mean? And that takes time to to realize who those are. But, you know, if you qualify for that. I don't, you man, we'll go golfing. You want to go golf? Let's go golf. Um, but if you don't, and I have any, you know, because the truth is, work friends, it takes more trust for me because you're in a, an arena where what you said say can be held against you. Maybe not in the workplace, but they talk. And so other people will hear it, okay, in the workplace, and it can affect your um, advancement. Amen. Your, your progress. And that's can, one of the can, things the articles brought out. You got to be careful what you talk about. Be careful about politics. Be careful about religion. Be careful about how much money you make, your compensation, because all that stuff can come back to bite you. Money you make is the funniest thing. I got a story. Can, can, can I tell a story real quick, Brandon? Tell a story, brother. All right. So my homeboy, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out. If he, he a little sense. I mm, can't say that either. Um, no names. No names. No names. Okay. No names. So I got a friend, a really good friend. This, this is my dude, man. A great guy. I give you shirt off his back. Hey, shout out to him. He just gave a, a wedding talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll narrow it down for a few of y'all. Anyways, one second, I'm about to sneeze. One second, I'm about to sneeze. <coughs> Excuse me. Got them sneezing so, out the way. Yeah. <laughs> COVID so. test coming up. So he uh, he was telling me he said he had uh, some friends at work, and this one guy was mad cool, you know. And he was like, "Yo," he said, "The worst thing he ever did was tell this guy how much he made." And when the guy who had been there like five years before him realized how much he made, I guess he took it a certain way. But my friend didn't know it at the time, so he's sitting there at work. Um, he's super tired, and his friend who he told how much he made comes in and is like, "Hey." Lay down. Go to sleep. No big deal. I'll turn off the lights. You're all good. I'll let you know if anything comes that I need to alarm you. Like, hey, get up. So he goes in the back and he's sleeping. Knocked out. Next thing he knows, he looks up and here's like the general manager standing in front of him who just flipped on the lights. Oh, what's going on here? Needless to say, he was fired. <laughs> The whole time, the homeboy who said, just go to sleep, was standing behind the supervisor's back. And he said he realized in that moment that guy was jealous of him and purposely had set him up. So that's what I'm saying. Sorry, but we're going to have to fight after that. Oh, no. Oh, no. We're going to fight or you're going to get you. Or are you going, and I dug my key into the No, side. no. There's no passive aggressive. You gonna, We're going to fight. We're going to have to fight. Uh, that's not passive aggressive. Yeah, yeah, it is. You don't confront the person. You do it on the side, out of out of sight, out of mind. 
No. I, no, no, no. And I'm sorry. If you keep somebody's car and 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 you know knife their tires that is not passive aggressive that's straight up what it is maybe it's not to my face but the point comes across very clear very strong yes it's aggressive but it's passive because you didn't do it to their face i'm sorry i i'm sorry okay all right you feel how you feel but yeah there's a difference between so so you have to be very careful in these relationships with working friends I got nothing to add to it. I feel exactly the same. What do you guys think? Are you friends with the people you work with? And how do you qualify who is a friend and who is an acquaintance? Who is a work friend and who is a real friend? Let us know. Raspy voice kids, get at your boys. Raspy voice. Raspy voice. Big shout to Shrinkables. Shrinkables. Supporting the RVK partnership since day one. Yes, singer to Leah. That's right. It's your boys. Oh, man. Oof. I almost felt like a 15 year old kid. My voice in there crack. It's your boys. <laughs> it's Jay and Fiend in the building for the Raspy Voice Kids. We got Brandon B. Smooth in the building in the booth. What up, baby? What up? I'm in the building with you. What up, though? We had Aaliyah playing. You're probably thinking, why are you playing Aaliyah? Dust yourself off and try again. We're mad. And the truth is, Big mad. we're all mad. We're all irritated. We're all a little angry. We all have feelings about the subject. But during this segment, we're going to get into how we feel. We're going to keep it real because that's what we do. But we also are going to show you why that song is relevant right now at West Virginia University. Um, why that is relevant during this climb. Actually, Brady, you made a great tweet about it, which we'll get to. And, uh, you know, we're coming off a loss, a bad loss. Let's not get it twisted. One of the worst losses. It's funny because we always the say. The worst loss in the Neil Brown era. Okay. It's a big loss for, for so many reasons. Like, when you have an opportunity to win the game, you, you need to win the game. You have to win the ones that you can. I say it over and over, over and over again because it applies. But what we saw on Saturday, man, 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 Brandon, it was just frustrating. Frustrating. How'd you feel? I was, you know what? I wasn't even angry, to be honest. Like, I was just so disappointed that I just turned off the TV and that was that. I went and hung out with my kids. It's funny. It's always more powerful if you're uh, if you're just disappointed. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you're disappointed. Like, you can yeah. be angry. That's one emotion. But when you're just disappointed and hurt. I was just I was 100% just disappointed and hurt. Like I couldn't believe that it went the way it went. There was no reason for it, but it did. So so uh, so, so so let's be real. We're just, you know, we're just spitting right now. You want to start with the goods or the bads? Let's start with the goods. Start with the goods, man. You know what? I'm sorry, I got to get this off my chest. I'm tired of you people coming at Jared Daggy. Stop it. So I've heard so many people hating on Daggy. It's a quarterback. We need to run. Hey, I'm with you. 
it would be more convenient, um, not convenient, but more advantageous if he actually ran with the ball. That would be big. If he actually was some kind of uh, threat after he had the option to hand it a run, because we know he never keeps it, except for that one time against Kansas, which, wait a minute, let me think, yeah, resulted in a touchdown. I'm with you. Baby, I'm not here to get you. I'm with you. He needs to run more. But what I'm saying is, if you look at the way he threw his passes, don't get me wrong, he missed a few. He did. There's no question. Especially the the the, uh, the commentator kept talking about the post routes he missed. Yeah. So he made it very, very, very obvious. He missed but the out I feel routes like too. He, he threw some nice passes, and not just nice passes, passes in big time uh, in, in big time positions. <clears throat> Excuse me, situations. There were crossing routes. There was third downs. There was late in the third quarters that he threw dimes. Get your Trent different through dimes. And the ball wasn't caught. And it was dropped. But overall, literally, when I see Jared Dagey, I don't understand how you hate on him so much because when I see him throw the rock, maybe he's not the greatest quarterback we've ever had. Maybe he's not Mark Bolger. But he is, a, I think, a very solid quarterback, especially in this league, and he shows it each and every week. How many times? I want you to think about this. Mountaineer Nation, think about this. How many times late in games have you said, man, what a terrible interception? Well, the big thing to me, Jeremy, is pro football focus, they do ratings. Pro football focus has no bias. They don't care. Big school, little school, they don't care. They don't care about West Virginia. They don't care about the incumbents. They don't care about anything. All they do is rate. That's all they do is they give a quarterback rating. And Jared Dagey was number three in their highest graded power five quarterbacks in week eight at a 90.8. He was ahead of Justin Fields, who only missed one pass. Now, he was only ahead of him by one-tenth of a point. But nonetheless, he was ahead of him by one-tenth of a point in the third place. In third place, I'm sorry, Jared Dagey was not the issue on Saturday. And, and pro football focus takes out the drop passes, which drop passes have drop passes have nothing to do with their rating. They evaluate everything. They evaluate everything that is relevant to the quarterback's rating. And Jared Daigie came in third of all Power Five quarterbacks in Week Eight. It's not Jared Daigie. Is Jared Daigie perfect? No. Could Jared Daigie improve? Yes. But is he the problem? No. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Some numbers do lie. Some numbers do lie. That's I knew have... I knew you couldn't just let it go. I no, knew you couldn't no, just let it go. No, because that's why you have to have advanced <laughs> metrics. Because if you look at numbers, you're just looking at you just look at completions, per, completion percentage. And if completion percentage isn't right because there were seven drops. Or tip passes that turn into interceptions. Numbers do lie sometimes. But these advanced mm-hmm. metrics do not lie. I knew you couldn't just let it go. No. I uh, can't. We, we could <laughs> <laughs> but continue, my bad. No, I'm just saying, like, Jared Dagey's not the problem. I'm not telling you that he's going to f- – he's not the kind of guy who can put a team on his back and change the game like Pat White or Will Greer. He's not a national championship quarterback. No, he's de- – <laughs> no, he's definitely not. But he could get you to the Big 12 championship. He could, and he's not the problem. Amen. He- it's not why we lost. Football focus stuff matter. You know why it matters? Because it helps you to identify the problem. I don't think we really need help identifying the problem. But if you do, it helps you identify and eliminate that Jared Dagey is not the problem. There's West things Virginia. he can do better, but he's not the problem. But anyways, we're we'll start. Go ahead. 
Well, the problem is West Virginia leads the nation in drop passes. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. We're focusing on the positives right now. Oh, that's right. So we'll you get want another that. positive? We'll, yeah, we'll get to we'll get we'll get to the ride session, okay? You ready for another positive? <laughs> yeah, give me it. Give me it. Winston Wright Jr. leads all Big 12 receivers in yards after catch by a considerable margin. 204 yards after the catch. Yak, that is, for Winston Wright Jr. The next closest guy is Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma State. He's only got 143. That's true sophomore. True sophomore Winston Wright. Jet Life Wright, as he's called. That's right. And if music were to be played right now, it would be We Fly, No Lie, You Know This. Bullet! Yeah. Dude, bald. Dude, bald. Say whatever you want about the rest of the team. Against Texas Tech, every time you looked up, 1-6 was making it happen. He was killing it. He was coming through. He was showing, look, this is where I deserve to be. Get me the rock. I'm proud of that dude. Me too. Another good one. Jeffrey Pooler, man. Pooler every time I look up. Making plays, making sacks. Uh, the fumble held. that he caused. Absolutely. Another one. And DJ Khaled's voice. Another one. Jared Bartlett, man. Yep. Jared Bartlett, as a freshman, is looking like He's trying to – he really trying to move something. He's really trying to bust out, man. He's going to be – he is a big-time player for us, but he's about to be All-American here in the next couple – as a freshman, Brandon, doing this? Yeah, he's balling. And this is not a freshman against weak competition. Um, though we haven't played the best competition, watch him. He has an impact, impactful player. Sometimes stats don't show up. His impact on the game is undeniable. Ooh, I was about to go to Winston Wright again, but we already talked about Winston Wright. Um, you know another thing we got to show love for? And this what? gets lost because we lost. This gets lost because of some of the uh, fumbles and bumbles and things that we saw. Brandon, that fake punt call? Great. Oh, my goodness. Second best fake punt in West Virginia history. Absolutely. Put it up number two. Great play call. Great execution by the team. Yep. It was perfectly executed. Beautiful. And most importantly, it's when we needed it the most. It was a great play call. Hats off to whoever called the play. Neil Brown, Jared Bartlett, what you know, whoever. Um not Jared Bartlett. What's his name? Gerard Parker. That's what I was thinking of. Boom. <laughs> Gerard uh, Parker. Whoever called that play. And, and the execution was perfect, you know? I, I just want to take my hat off to it. Also, I want to take my hat off to the defense. What? The defense? They gave up this many points. That's right, because in the second half, sometimes you're going to have halves where they just got your number. What I always want to see more than anything is adjustments. And what did we see that second half? We gave up seven points on defense that second half. That second half... First half maybe didn't go so well. Second Seven half we points came out. and only 113 yards. That's right. That second half we came out and played ball. Now, there are negatives that we'll get into when we start <clears throat> our ride session. But right now, um, for for just giving up seven points in the second half and making the adjustments, that's what you want to see. 
Coaching is a is is huge. We've had so many coaches. The nation has so many coaches. College football, pro football, basketball. It doesn't matter what you talk about. Coaches who can't change your game plan once it's already set in place. Here we have an example of the coaching staff being able to adjust uh, to what's going on because in the first half it didn't look good, and in the second half they make wholesale adjustments and shut them down for like you said seven points and. A uh, hundred and some odd yard, 113 yards in the second half. Hats off, tip the cap. That was good. That was, uh, you know, tip the cap to the defense again. I want to give props to the play calling too because it wasn't just the fake punt. I liked the play calling, especially in the first half. I thought it was innovative. I thought it was unexpected. Um, I thought they did a very good job getting the ball to the tight ends. Um, getting, uh, I shout love out, motion. Sh- shout out Big Mike, Michael Laughlin in the building. I love motion because I think it makes the defense think. It makes the defense have to react. So I love that. I love having two backs in the backfield. I loved it. I thought they did a good job offensively calling plays for the most part. Now, there were things I didn't like that we will get to in the second half of this conversation, but I like the play calling, especially early on from Neil Brown. All right. DJ D-Rec, cut the beat. It's time to get on to the ride session. Now, I don't know if we want to call it a ride session, but what are the things that you didn't like that everybody's feeling, Brandon? So we there were there were three there were games in a row, three Go games ahead. in a row. Now we've had a we've had a delay of game after a kickoff. There is no excuse, none, unacceptable, absolutely unacceptable. no excuse from the coaching staff to get a delay of game after a kickoff. You should be ready to go. You should know what play you're going to call. There should be no confusion, yet somehow there is three games in a row. That is a problem. I'm sick. Bad coaching. It's bad coaching. You know what else is a problem? Wasting timeouts. I always hated wasting timeouts under Dana. I felt like it was a sign of bad coaching. I felt like it was a sign of being unprepared. And here we are, yet again, West Virginia waste timeouts. They used a timeout with a minute and 15 seconds to into the third quarter. That means there's about 13 minutes to go when we used a timeout because we were not prepared on a first and goal. So then when yep. we're coming down to the end of the game and we need that timeout, it's gone because we wasted it. Let's talk about penalties, man. Penalties, penalties, penalties. Maybe we didn't have as many as we had other games, but all our penalties came in big, big situations. We had a touchdown called back for a penalty. We had the controversial throwing out of Tony Fields, which continue to drive and, and help them, you know what I mean, uh, continue to the field. Then we had the unsportsmanlike conduct um, of uh, Tony Fields. Sorry, call him out, man. You grown man, Tony. Coming onto the field? To celebrate, Brandon, I saw it when it was happening. How do you come onto the field, no shoulder pads, no nothing? Even if you did have shoulder pads, that's still wrong. But, you know, you you weren't just – you were way on the field. Right in front of a referee. And And I was thinking, hopefully they don't throw it, and boom, they threw it. That is just – I I don't feel like that should even be coachable. That is coachable. That is coachable. Not only should the player know what is expected of him, there should be somebody who's making sure he cannot do that. Brandon, who just runs on the field. What in the world? That's discipline, Jeremy. That's discipline. And it would be different if we didn't have a problem with discipline as a whole as far as penalties are concerned, but we do. And that's why I hold the coaches accountable for that play. 
Yeah, man. I hear what you're saying. It's just tough because, oh, man. What, what, you're not supposed to walk across the street when uh, traffic's coming, when there's a million cars coming? Like, that's just, no, that's just like a no-brainer. Like, what is he doing, Brandon? What is he doing? And I'm laughing now, and I'm joking now. I wasn't laughing and joking at the time. Me either. I was furious. Especially the when they overturned it, said that it wasn't down, said that he was down, and they get the 15 yards added on to the play. It's killer. It's killer. Especially in a game like that, which is tight, and you need to make plays to overcome them. Little things like that, little things like penalties, are huge. But nothing, Brandon, nothing was bigger than the humongous elephant, the Dumbo in the room, looking us dead in our face. And cussing us out. What'd you say? And cussing us out. Draw passes, man. Again. Seven of them. Another game. And it wasn't one player. Nope. It'd be one thing if it was one player. Reese Smith, even Winston Wright. Bryce Wheaton Ford, Sean Ryan in the first draw on the first drive, which could have Alan Jennings. All of them. They're all of them dropping balls that they should have caught. This is a problem. We lead the nation and drop passes now. Can you imagine if well, first of all, one thing that's frustrating is do you know Texas Tech had more drop passes on the year coming into the game than us? No, I did not know that. Brandon, they were like one of the only teams in the country that had more drop passes. You know what I didn't see Saturday? Them dropping passes. Of course not. Of course not. And then, <coughs> excuse me. And then. No, um, no, real quick. Have you had your COVID test? I'm straight. You keep saying, you, look, you've been making the same jokes over and over again. We continue on. Who said I was joking? Yeah, yeah. Well, either way. Anyway, nope, we're not even going to say it. Either way. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> we'll continue on. All right. The thing is, it's not just the drop passes. Well, the drop passes, period. But it's when the drop passes come. When the big plays come. So, a couple games ago, first drive of the game, TJ Simmons fumbles the ball. Granted, he was knocked, knocked out, but still, fumble the ball. Turnover. Big play. Can't get momentum. First drive, we have momentum. Maybe we can put the pressure on Texas Tech. Third, and a perfect strike by that quarterback that people want to hate on, Deggy, straight across the middle, straight through uh, Ryan's hands. Drop. That's a big play. Huge. That's a big play. Huge play. There was another drop on third down um, a little later on in the game. It's not just the drops. It's when they come, deflating. They end drives. They give momentum back. We can't build anything. It's 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 a problem, Brandon. They take Daggy out of his rhythm. They take the offense out of the rhythm. They take the play calling out of the rhythm. Everything and I know, changes. And I know Neil Brown says, look, we've worked on this harder than any, any other team we've ever worked on it with. I understand that. I get that. But it's like, then you feel like, whoa, put somebody else in. That's what I keep yelling. Look, look, if they can't catch the ball, put somebody else in. Put their butt on the bench. Be like Bob Huggins. You make a mistake. You take your butt out the game. Problem is, everybody's dropping. Everyone. Catch the ball. Would you go throw to uh, Winston Wright every play? Come on. And again, even Winston Wright, who we love, had a drop. He had a drop. But he was exhausted. He was exhausted when he dropped his. Yeah, I don't care. So, speaking of mistakes, drop passes were bad. Chris Anderson tweeted, you know how I do the plays that change the game piece each week? And the big plays throughout the game maybe change the odds of winning by about 7 to 
The fumble by Sam James turned it from WVU as a 63.3% chance of winning to Texas Tech as an 85.4% favorite. Because it wasn't just a fumble, it was a fumble returned for a touchdown. Another scoop and score for the opposition. No, it's just, I mean, that that was the biggest gut punch. Backbreaker. Backbreaker. Absolutely. What do you do? I don't know. I don't know. It's psychological at this point. It's funny because people want to um, – and look, I'm not, don't get it, get, get it twisted. If we'd have done this podcast right after the game, I'd have been – I'd have had every, everybody at the guillotine. <laughs> yeah, me too. All, all the receivers, man, I was going ham. I was going hard. and that's, that's a good thing. Like I keep tweeting out that we don't do this podcast right after football games. But – then people want to talk about Neil Brown. I've heard people, you know, talking about Neil Brown. The honeymoon, the honeymoon phase is over, and they come at him. And I agree, want, it is over. It is over, but they want to talk about all the stuff that he's not doing right. And it comes down to just one, you know. And I hear what you're saying. I hear one hundred percent what you're saying. But giving some time to reflect and think about things, it's not like what you think. Give me a second. <clears throat> Maybe I do need that COVID. But anyway, um. Mm-hmm. I, I just think, all right, think of a carpenter. You know, there's a lot of people who build stuff. Let, let's say you're a carpenter and let's say let's say you're out of town visiting somebody and they have an old neighbor who needs something done in their yard. Um, you ever been there? Maybe not you, Brandon, but you know, the people, you know, Mountaineer Nation, have you ever been there? And you decide, hey, you know what, you need a few pieces of wood cut, you know, I'll get the chainsaw, I'll get the axe, whatever. You go over, you just want to help out. And she gives you an old chainsaw. The blades aren't real sharp. Or maybe she gives you old axe. Axe isn't real sharp. And as you start cutting what you need to cut, you realize this is going to take a really long time. Because what I have isn't optimal for the job that I'm doing. You have three things that you can do. If you've ever been in that situation, you have three things you can do. You can A, say, hey, you know what? I got to go sharpen this. You have something to sharpen it with because it's not cutting the way I need to. And that's going to take time. You're going to have to leave, go to the hardware store, get something to sharpen it. Maybe she has something to sharpen it. But either way, you're going to go. You have to go away from what you're doing to sharpen that axe. The second thing that you could do. The second thing you could do is say, you know what? Whatever. I have what I have. Let's just get through. it. It's going to take me extra long. Once again, which is going to take time. We'll get through it, and, and and we'll just keep chopping or keep sawing until it works. It'll take longer, but it, we'll, we'll get it done. Or oh, the third option that you have, Brandon, is to say, hey, you know, I can't do it right now. Let me come back, and with my sharp axe or my sharp chainsaw, and then I'll do it, which once again is going to take time. This is the situation that Neil Brown is in. He's inherited an axe, a chainsaw that is not sharp. He has a job to do. And he's trying to do it to the best of his ability. And things aren't perfect. But the truth is, there's only so many things you can do. See, I either like, you can, go ahead. I'm gonna say either either you can wait for either you can leave and sharpen those those, you know, the the chainsaw so it's sharp. That's gonna take time. Just like these receivers, it's gonna take time. If that, in, in fact, is the option, um, you can keep just going through the process 
with a dull chainsaw, which may be what we have to do because we have what we have. And things don't just get sharper overnight. So overnight. So we're going to have to persist in doing what we're doing and hope that we make it through or see Neil Brown and everybody can trust the climb and realize, hey, you know what? Let me come back next year with a sharper chainsaw and we'll get it done. See, I like to think of it as cooking. Neil Brown's the chef. He's inherited a cupboard that is basically that was very much bare on a lot of levels. The offensive line was bare. Um, the quarterback position was not what you wanted. That's why he needed the transfers. Uh, there were lots of things about what Neil Brown inherited that were not what you want if you're a chef. So like what you said, you can either go ahead and cook what you got, and it may not be the tastiest, but at least it's food, which is what we got right now. Or you can say, I got to go grocery shopping, which is recruiting. And you got to restock, refill, reload. And I think that's where we are. You've got to understand that he's got to restock that cupboard to get a team that is worthy of fighting for a Big 12 championship. This team has potential. This team had the off chance of being able to compete if some things broke their way. But they didn't. And so now that they didn't, we no, can't. they haven't. They haven't. Don't say didn't. Haven't. They haven't. You're right. They haven't. Because that's the thing. They haven't right now. But here's the thing. But People we all know. Say, oh, you, need, you need to replace this. You need to replace that. You can't replace it if you don't have anything better you know, to come along. And I also, I heard this somewhere else, but it's the truth. Um, It's not like these guys don't have talent. They're athletic. And we have what we have. And honestly... I was a number one hater. I was the number one, hey, you got to catch the ball. Hey, you got to make plays. But the truth is it's not going to change. It's not oh, meaning we can't change personnel. So what we can do is get behind our players and support them, and hopefully they figure it out because they have the athleticism. Trust me, if there's another option, maybe we take that option. Right now we have no other option. What we have to do is hope that Bryce Ford Wheaton can put his play with his athleticism. We got to hope that Sam James can put his catching with his athleticism. We have to hope that somehow, and we have to root for it and encourage them. Because from what I hear, they practice hard, they try hard, they stay focused. You know, maybe they're dropping passes. That's what's showing right now, but hopefully that changes, and that's all we have. So what we have to do is root for them because that's all we have. Unless you just want to be a grumpy old man for the rest of the year. Like Nelly would say, we all we got. And they can. Like I said, athleticism is not teachable. We have the athleticism. So we got to just root for the fact that they will lock down. I've seen tweets from Sam James. I've seen uh, tweets from Bryce, Bryce Ford Wheaton <clears throat> that that it's coming. Do we believe it? I don't know. I, I mean, from what I've seen so far, no. But can they? Yes. So let's root for it because if it happens, here's the truth. Here's the truth, and I want everybody, Mountaineer Nation, to think about this. Now you may think it's not going to happen anyway. Hey, that's your right. But what did we really lose in losing to Texas Tech, Brandon? A shot at the Big Twelve title. Wrong. We went out. We're still in the Big Twelve championship. Yes. Okay. <gasps> but everybody it makes has a lot loss. harder. 
So yeah, it is a lot harder. But my point is, we still control our own destiny. Okay. We weren't going to the national championship anyway. All right. All right. We still control our own destiny. <laughs> we're not getting blown out. We're losing. We're losing on stupid penalties and stupid turnovers. If somehow we get that corrected, Brandon, our defense is good enough. I'm not our- saying I believe it. I'm just saying, in actuality, in all reality, we still control our destiny to be what one of the two about- teams in the Big Twelve championship. So, what do you think about these people who say we need to add Garrett Green into the mix? <laughs> I agree 1,000%. How would you Deggie's add him a, in? I think Deggie's a good uh, uh, a good quarterback. I think he throws a nice ball. Um, he's not perfect. But I do think that if you add Gary Green in there just to run, not necessarily a wildcat because he could throw some, but just a few plays. He doesn't need to know the whole playbook. But if he's that fast, I want a threat that when you bring the jet sweep, and then you fake the handoff to the running back that the quarterback can actually keep it. One of the biggest knocks I've heard on Deggie, and it's the truth, is they don't run him enough. They don't allow him to run enough. I don't know if he has that option or if he has to hand off the ball, but he's no threat to run at all. So you bring Green in, which I've seen other teams do. He's not the starter. We're not getting it twisted. He's not the leader. We're not getting that twisted. But he is a wrinkle that would help. All right, now you mentioned the fact that we're not getting blown out. Do you know, switching subjects all the way, do you know that five of the last six games against Kansas State have been seven points or less? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So here we are. for another. We're in for another game that should be close. What do you think? Wildcats! Uh, it's kind of crazy to me to see that we're up, that we're three-and-a-half-point favorites at well, first home look. Game. And then you realize that we beat them the last four times. And yes, they have a big win over Oklahoma. Um, but what Oklahoma or what Kansas State does doesn't threaten as much as other teams, like to our defense. What they do doesn't scare me. What they do is more traditional. Like I almost feel like Kansas State should be in the Big Ten, you know? Yeah. It's not spread offenses. It's not, you know, where you have to think a whole lot. So it's more of a that I guess it's the word I was looking for a traditional style offense. So I feel like you know and and even with their defense, man, Kansas State's usually tough on defense, but they've been giving up a whole lot of rushing yards. I That's mean, they gave up say, you can run the ball against them. One hundred fifty nine to Arkansas State, one hundred thirty to Oklahoma, two hundred four to Texas Tech, one hundred eighty nine to TCU, one hundred thirteen last week to a puka uh, to a puka less Kansas team, you know. So we're going to be able to run the ball on them. Or we should we'll be, be able, able to run the ball. We should be able to run the ball on them. And um, their offense, even though they put up 55 points last week, and even though they put up 38 against Oklahoma, whose defense is thoroughly anemic, um, I don't think they're a super threat to be able to go blow for blow on the scoreboard. I don't think so either, except for their special teams are explosive and dynamic. And they're big play driven, offensively and defensively. And they don't make mistakes. They don't make we, a lot of mistakes. We make mistakes and we give up big plays. So that's yeah. what makes me worried about what's coming on Saturday. That's the thing. West Virginia, it's almost beating yourself. These two games we've lost beat themselves. But I'm going to go Virginia's, West Virginia 27-14 just so we know. West Virginia is good enough that the two things, turnovers and penalties – 
we can if we can lock up on that, which which is all on us. That's nothing to do with the defense. Turnovers and penalties. If we can keep those low, man, 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 we'd be in a nice position. But that's an if. Can we change it all in one week? Mm. Um, we said this last week. We were talking about drops. I think I heard on one show they were giving the over-under drop pass of 3.5. You know what we did? We doubled that. We smashed it. And everybody realized that, that was a focus. So this week, there's even more pressure to catch the ball. Let's see if we do. Uh, I don't know if we do. Prediction for the game, I have no clue. Real talk, I have no clue. 27-14 West Virginia, we cover. We win and we cover. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You think we win and we cover. I mean, we've won four straight. All of them have been close, though. Um, all, all of them. I will say, I, I think we win. Because last year we were able to beat them by four points when we did not have a good year. We did not have, you know, a great ball team. Um, Deggy was able to to throw the rock. I, I mean, I think he only had like 234 yards, but still, Deggy came in, uh, hadn't started a lot of games, was able to throw the rock. Uh, we had 85 yards rushing, which isn't great, but last year we we are our rushing was garbage. But. It's a lot better this year. So, I, I'll go with West Virginia for the win. I think Vegas has it right this time. Um, but, you know, I'm just excited to see what we present on the field. I say that every single week because I just hope I hope our receivers get it together. If our receivers catch passes, we eliminate the turnovers. If we eliminate the penalties, man, we'll be sitting right. I, you know what? One, one more thing I, I got to say. How long do you give a coach to prove who he is in yeah, a college? Every situation is different. Depends on what they inherited. Depends on where they are. But I think that Neil Brown in year one and a half, it's way too early to talk about firing him. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, I wasn't even bringing up that word. That's dirty. I'm saying for me, and, and, the, and the seat is not even hot. The seat is not hot at all. I heard people, well, the seat's not hot at all. You've lost no, your No, it's mind. not even warm. I feel like by year three, you should see a significant we're seeing we're seeing good changes this year. Year three for me has always been that mark of I need to see a big difference. Usually, if year three is going to be big, if year three is going to be a complete change, you start seeing it show up the second half of year two. Yeah, where are we at, Brandon? Second half of year two. It's time. So it's time. So we're not a uh, Neil Brown's not on a hot seat at all. But if we are going to be successful next year, right now is when it starts. Right now is when we start seeing it. That's my two cents. It's a big second half of football in my mind, as in trusting the climb. It's a big second half of of, of football for me. I want everybody to remember you can trust the climb and be frustrated with the position we're in right now. Because That's a tweet. That's a tweet I liked. Because being in the climb, you're going to get stuck in spots that are not comfortable. You may even have to go backwards in order to go forward. But I still trust the climb, even though I'm not happy about where we are after last week against Texas Tech. But I believe in Neil Brown. I believe in the staff. 
I believe there needs to be some changes, but I believe overall we're, we're headed in the right direction. Amen. So what All do right. you guys think? I was going to say, that's a wrap. Get at him. Get at us. He, like Brandon was saying, what do you guys think? I'll let you continue on, Brandon. No, what do you think? Let us know. Get at us on Twitter. Get at us on Facebook. Instagram. You can leave an anchor message, which we could play if you guys leave one for us. Just let us know. Holla at your boys. Podcast Network. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.